What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Hope your week is going well. Today is Wednesday, so you made it to Wednesday, and we are reflecting on the book of Acts again, this time in chapter 8, and what is happening in the persecuted church. That's right, Acts 8, and one of the titles we could give to this section is Growing Pains Still Equals Growing. And (laughs) it sounds funny, but you're like, there's a lot of pain and persecution going on. But what's crazy is that as you see the pain and persecution, you're going to see incredible growth. So we think, what what better way to spend your Wednesday, your hump day, than looking at Acts 8 and uh, seeing the church explode? Right, because even if you think back, I don't know if you guys had these, but I definitely did as a kid. I remember waking up a few times even in the night with with actual growing pains be- because sure. I guess you, you just grow really fast when you're a kid and it hurts you. But I had them. That's okay, good. So hopefully we're not the only one, two. In case you're wondering, you know, my thighs, did you grow my, my knees. <laughs> my stomach, I had growing pains in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and that's what's happening too at in the early church right here in chapter, in the beginning part of chapter eight is that there are definite growing pains. Like Clark said, um, there's this persecution that's happening. And what the evil one doesn't know though is what's the good of this is that there is spiritual growth that... Um, all of these equipped Christians are now, because they're getting persecuted, are now getting sent out into Samaria and Judea and all over the place. Can, and I, read, can I read it to yeah, them? Yeah, why don't okay? you just read it? Yeah. How about I read it? It's <laughs> a good idea. All right, Acts 8, verse 1 through 3. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. So there's kind of this tone. Um, it actually reminded me right away of Joseph's story and how um, at the end of Joseph's story in Genesis chapter 50, you read this verse about how um, how Joseph is responding to his brothers who have, you know, traded him for money and he's been in, in prison and all this stuff. Anyway, and what Joseph ends up saying is that um, what you intended for harm God intended for good. And there's that phrase that's in there. um, You intended harm, but God was intending all this for good, but God used this for good. And so that actually popped into my brain right away when we were reading this was, um, you know, there's this persecution happening and there's all these just sad things happening. Saul is just wreaking complete havoc on the church, but God has this plan that's just going to be beautifully fulfilled here because all of these equipped Christians now are going to go tell all these people that don't know about Jesus who he is. All over the world. And so part of that you apply to the church today where there's persecution, the name of Jesus is being spoken and he's being glorified. Mm -hmm. You can still apply that biblical worldview to your life with other promises from God where he's saying, um, I'm always looking out for the good of those who love me. God's always creating. He's always healing. He can redeem. He can restore. And so you're looking at, yeah, this situation is really horrible. It hurts. There's pain. And yet God still flips the script on its head and allows for spiritual growth, qualitative growth and quantitative growth. Like the church is physically growing in both ways. Mm -hmm. And so now talk to us about the church, Bobby. 
what's well, and going so on then here? that's like the when the, the picture of what the church can be really starts to come into view and so the church isn't going to be you know just these jews that are gathering it's actually going to be um jews and gentiles and even like when you hear the word um when you hear about samaria um, that might cause you to think about John chapter four and how mm-hmm. Jesus totally broke down barriers when he talked to the Samaritan woman at the well. Um, and that's kind of the inclusion of these groups. That's what's happening on a larger scale. So yeah. now the church is actually becoming the church and yeah. people are gathering, not just with people that look like them, but that that don't look like each other, don't smell like each other, don't that have have no reason to be together except for that they and, love and Jesus. And you could go as far to say that these people were straight up enemies. And God's saying, sure. now you're going to be brothers and sisters. You're going to be part of the same church. Because mm-hmm. Samaritans were viewed as super vile and dirty. And Jewish people wouldn't even talk to them, look at them, let alone walk by them. They would walk around their geographic territory. They didn't want to be part right. of that community. Right. So what's interesting here is this is the first time Jews and Gentiles come together and something incredible happens. Let me read to you verses 14 through 17. It says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria, Samaritans now, had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So this is a very important scripture passage because there seems to be some kind of second event that occurs here. And there are some Christians that say, great, when you're a Christian, Christ comes into your heart. That's fantastic. But if you want to be really empowered and really equipped, there has to be a second event, a baptism of the Spirit where he comes upon you. And this is one of the passages uh, those folks would reference. Mm. Um, I say this in great humility and kindly, and, and I say, I actually disagree with that perspective. I do not think there has to be some second event in order for people to be equipped or empowered. When you look at what's happening in this chapter, this is the very first time Jews and Gentiles are having church together. So up until this point, Jews thought horribly of Gentiles. They didn't think that these people were worth anything, let alone could be part of God's church or empowered to actually continue the same mission that Jesus gave his apostles. So what, what Peter and John see here is that these people are legit because God makes them legit. They pray for them and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. It's for the Jews to see that this is the real deal and that God meant everything he said when he talked about the Gentiles being included in the church. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at this in the framework of the entire Bible, uh, there's only one other time there seems to be a second event, and it's when these disciples were disciples of John. And they had heard about Jesus, but they did not have the full story because they hadn't even heard about the Holy Spirit. And so we'll probably talk about that at a later date. So the takeaway from this is, yeah, sure, pray for a second event, but just as much as you pray for a third event and a fourth event and a fifth event, that the Holy Spirit would come upon you and empower you. Mm -hmm. Because when you look at the Bible, the Bible shows us that the Holy Spirit relates to us in two primary ways. The first is that the Holy Spirit lives within us, and the second is that the Holy Spirit can come upon us. Mm-hmm. So, Bobby, what's the difference there? So when, when we talk about this process of sanctification, that would be um, Holy Spirit within. Mm-hmm. And so that's so much more of a journey and just this continual dialogue. There's a consistent um, relationship and process. And even when you think about the fruit of the Spirit, I think that's something that... that um, 
just like anything else that's grown in a garden or a field or that's that's literally grown in our physical world and the natural you think about it being cultivated and so is the same the same truth with the fruit of the spirit those things get cultivated in us over time and that's one thing i think we've shared this before but um a a man from church has shared about how he was just so stubborn and 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 And then slowly i think he's in his maybe close to 60 now he shared how um how his wife and how he has seen how god has slowly changed yes i'm i'm stubborn still but that has also actually grown in me this steadfastness Mm -hmm. and so that's the kind of um holy spirit within sanctification process and then the other one that clark was mentioning was more of you know the holy spirit upon our more um moment yeah momentary empowerments for maybe specific settings or a specific person and as we process this that was um that was actually something I think we both had different stories on, but that we wanted to share with you. Um, I'll share one that was actually from one of the, I think it was a Wednesday night, I'm Wednesday night prayer, um, but I'm having trouble remembering. Anyway, um, we were doing prayer ministry and um, just a peaceful night. I think that that could be said about almost every Wednesday night, and it's an honor to be able to pray with and for people. And so we were getting close to the end of the night and just felt the Lord whisper a word for a specific person. And so we asked this person if we could pray um, for them and over them. And the prayer that came out of my mouth is actually a pic- in a picture form, and I'm, I wasn't really sure. And so there's this there's this choice of obedience. Am I going to be obedient and respond to what I feel like Holy Spirit upon is having me walk in? Or am I going to re- choose, choose to respond and be disobedient? Maybe yeah. I'm afraid or I'm unsure. Anyway, and so in that moment, I just thought, okay, I'm going to go for it. I feel like this is from you, Lord, and it's pretty clear. And so in the moment, I was just led in to pray for this person that they would trust, um, that they would trust the Lord as their um, good shepherd. That they, that they are the sheep and that the Lord is their good shepherd, that he will go after them. He'll leave the 99 and will go after them, that he uses his rod and his staff for their best, um, for their best interest, that, um, this person needed to be like a little sheep and he needed to, this person needed to stay close to the good shepherd because he, um, because he's good and loving and kind and, um, Anyway, so when we get to the end, I just kind of thought, that's pretty vague. I don't know, shepherd. Kind of a picture that you could give lots of people, but thank you, Holy Spirit. It was was awesome to partner with you in that. Thank you. Well, we get to the end of the prayer, and this person looks up at me and says, do you know what my name means? And I said, I have no idea what your name means. (laughs) And she said, my name means little you which means little sheep. That's actually little sheep. And so I was just so grateful that Holy Spirit upon came upon gave me the word picture to give to that person and she really needed it that really resonated with her i don't remember what was going on with her at the time but she really received it and it was a great blessing right right so that was an example of holy spirit upon in my life yeah and then i think one that comes to my mind was from our tuesday night young adult group we were worshiping obviously the holy spirit's in our hearts it was great but then the holy spirit i felt the spirit come down and descend it's one of those moments that you feel like you're standing on holy ground and God spoke to my mind, my heart, just saying, Clark, there are people in here that are having horrible dreams and can't sleep. You need to pray for them right now. And so granted, we have a schedule. We have a plan. We're, mm-hmm. we're trying to be organized around here, believe it or not. 
And I said, okay, Lord, we'll be obedient. So I get up, and this is in front of like 19 to 30-year-olds, 35-year-olds. Like, hey, guys, this sounds weird, but I think some of us here are having bad dreams and can't sleep. So I know that sounds silly, and it kind of takes some courage for you to raise your hand in front of your peers, but who wants to receive prayer and try to be healed from this? And at first it was crickets, and then sure enough, one, two, three, four, five hands go up, Mm -hmm. and you're like, Okay. All right, God, like you really are speaking. And we had them sit in the front row. We had everyone come forward and lay hands upon them. And it was this beautiful time. And I heard from four of the five that all of them have slept great. And I haven't followed up with them the last month or two, but I know for sure one of them who was having horrible dreams is now Mm -hmm. sleeping peacefully because the church, the people of God rallied around in obedience to the spirit coming upon giving direction and words. Mm -hmm. And again, it was all Mm -hmm. for God's glory. It has nothing to do with our human ability but it's God wanting to bring his love and his peace to his people. So as we wrap up, sorry, this is a little longer today. Um, Remember that when you're going through hard times, you're going through growing pains. Mm -hmm. Just remember that you're still growing and God can use that for good. Um, That the church is to be this beautiful people of men and women, children and grandparents, every nation, tribe and tongue. And the Holy Spirit lives within the Christian to uh, cultivate in you this Christ likeness. And there are times the Spirit will come upon you for a momentary empowerment. Will we be obedient? So let's pray for those things today. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's all we've got. Thanks for listening. God bless you guys. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His countenance towards you and give you His peace. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.